Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to talk investing. I know we talk theory, we talk lifestyle, we talk a lot of different things, but today it's just downright investing. Why? Because it's time. It's time to get prepared to start investing. If not, already start investing, because I already bought one just this week. And uh, well, actually, I went into contract. It won't close for a couple of weeks. But the bottom line is, it's out there and it's happening. So I've got an article here I want to read to you, and I'm going to build a case for my theory that it's time. All right. The article uh, reads as such, search shows or research shows fears are rising as economy hurdles towards recession. A new study of safe trade binary options shows that number of U.S. Google searches for recession is growing as worries mount that an economic slowdown is on the way. Research shows that recession-related searches peaked twice, once in July 12th to 18th, and then a second time July 24th to 30th. Data analysis suggests that Californians are most concerned about the state of the economy, with most Google searches on this topic. Texans are similarly concerned, with residents in Idaho, Florida, and Utah also keen to find out. Those in Alaska and West Virginia appear least concerned and have performed in the fewest searches in the national uh, information around the potential recession. All right, so you've got Alaska, which nothing changes up there, and then West Virginia, which is a political state, nothing changes there. Everything's government-based, and government investments never go down. So the last paragraph that I wanted to read was, the technical definition of a recession is a decline of GDP in two consecutive quarters. While this has happened in the USA, there are continues to be a strong labor market and other contradictory signals fueling confusion. There it is, fueling confusion. Now, the Democrats are fueling that confusion. They're refusing to claim it as a recession, and they say, don't use the nasty R word. Get it out of your mouth, use toothpaste, whatever. Don't really care what they think or what they believe. I care what's really happening. So let's talk about recession, and then let's talk about paralleled inflation that in this case is going with it. Recession is a fear. That, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Recession is a fear. Now, it could be a problem, a catastrophic uh, black swan event, like all the banks blowing up. That could create a recession. But in this case, there's nothing wrong with the economy. There really is nothing wrong. So why is it blowing up? It's blowing up because inflation has got everybody scared to death. The war's got everybody scared to death. The president's got everybody scared to death. I mean, that he might die or tip over or do something stupid. Um, but the bottom line is there's a whole lot of fear going on out there right now. That fear leads to people 
thinking about how do I become safe? So maybe this isn't the right year to buy a new car. Maybe this isn't the right time uh, because we might lose our job. You know, right now there's two jobs for every person looking for a job. But that doesn't mean anything if all of a sudden they take one type of job and shut it down. Let's say the oil industry stops hiring, starts firing. Uh, Even though there's thousands of other jobs, that doesn't mean I'm going to get a job because that's not my industry. And so people start to worry what's going to happen. And when they start to to worry, of course, they start to cut back. They start to conserve. They become more conservative in their spending and more conservative in their approach in life. And so you'll see that over a period of time now, you'll probably see a shift in politics from very aggressive Democrats who worried about touchy-feely things to very conservative people think, hey, man, how do I pay my mortgage? How do I pay for my car? How do I pay for gas? And so what we're seeing is that people are buying less stuff. And by the way, this is only the beginning of it. The Fed has just recently started raising interest rates. As they raise them, the effects are usually anywhere from three to six months down the line that you see the full effect. So if we're getting this much punch in the gut out of you know these interest rate raises right now, what's going to happen to it six months down the line, three to six months down the line, you're going to see that you're going to see entire industries start shriveling up like auto purchases, home purchases, and so on and so forth. And that's going to slow the economy. So whether they're willing to admit the recession actually started right now, or whether they're going to hold on and try to claim that it's not a recession until after the uh, midterms is irrelevant. It's upon us now, and the average person knows that, as you can see by this article and the searches that are coming up uh, are being done on Google. I mean, people are just all looking at, wait a minute, is it really happening? What is a recession? Is it really going to happen? Now, as much as they believe that it will the more that it will happen. So the Democrats are saying, hey, you can talk yourself into recession. You absolutely can. You can talk yourself into a recession, though. However, that could still be led by 27,000 ridiculously stupid people on the TV news saying ridiculously stupid things on Democratic channels and people going, you know, I don't even really listen to this news, and most people don't listen to the news. Only a couple news heads really do. I'm a news head because I have to speak to people. I have to be aware of what's going on, but most people don't listen to all that garbage. So only the, the very intense news junkies do. But when things start getting bad, people start going, you know, I better listen. And so they start listening to the negativity on the radio and the TV, and they start seeing that, hmm, I guess I better pay attention to this. And as soon as they start paying attention to the fact that there may be a recession, that's when the recession starts to really kick in. Now, let's throw on top of that inflation. Inflation has two roles in this whole thing. One, as things become more expensive, people just naturally don't buy them. Again, that leads to recession. In other words, when you start contracting the buying velocity of people out there, then you contract the economy. 
And the very fact that prices are higher is contracting that velocity. People are not buying as much of anything, right? I I had to laugh the other day. The Democrats, uh, not the Democrats, the uh, leftist news said, well, you know, because meat and cheese is expensive, you should start eating meals with no meat and cheese. (laughs) That's a hilarious answer. Uh, But you realize that that's the ignorance of the people that are on the radio. They know nothing. I would take the average radio and TV announcer and put them in in a class of intelligence of probably an 80 or 90 uh, percentile of um, a person that knows anything. And they only know because they report on it every day anything at all. But they're not that smart. They can't put one and one together and get two very often. Uh, So it's really a problem when people start seeing the inflation, right? Because it's going to make them think about there being a recession because they're seeing it all around them and they're seeing the advertisements in the news about about the inflation. Now, there's a second reason inflation really hurts. Inflation really hurts because... It really does making buying things more difficult. And when you throw in the fact that the Fed has to fight inflation, the Fed now has to really say, hey, all of you, we've got to stop buying stuff. You guys are just living too high on the hog. You're just living like there's there's unlimited amounts of money, which, by the way, there were when the Democrats were throwing money out the window on all these big trillion dollar investment deals that they did. Today we're talking about investing and when, and that's now. And the reality is in the first segment we talked about the fact that the recession is upon us and inflation is upon us and the inflation is starting to hurt people. And as it hurts people, people need money. And I was speaking to someone the other day, over and over and over again, I kept hearing this mantra. I've got to sell my little piece of land I've got over here that we were saving for our retirement. Uh, I've got to sell. I'm going to think I'm going to sell my second rent house uh, because I need the cash to live on right now if I lose my job. I mean, people are starting to sell off things to get cash because unlike us successful people in life, financially successful, uh, let's say, uh, unlike us that have those resources uh, fairly well under control, a lot of people are living from paycheck to paycheck, even if they bought one rent house here or have some money in the stock market or 401k. All of a sudden, something bad happens and a recession is bad and inflation is bad. So you now have a double whammy. You have recession threatening their jobs. With all that going, people are going to start selling things off. Now, let's go down what happens here. Um, by, higher, by raising interest rates, the Fed is trying to fight the inflation. What they're doing also is they're fighting inflation by curbing demand. More and more investors are not going to want to buy. Why? Because when you can buy at a 3% interest rate, which we've been living at between 3 and 4 for the last 2 or 3 years, you can buy anything at any price, and it makes sense as a great real estate investment, or at least as a good or an okay real estate investment. But once you raise those interest rates up to where the mortgages are between four and five, 
Now you have to be very careful about what you buy or the deal isn't going to make any sense. So you've got both the buyers thinking that way, but also now the banks thinking that way. Now they've just raised the interest rates another three quarters of a percent. And that was anticipated, but has it completely kicked in yet? I don't know, because like I said, everything I read is it takes three to six months uh, to really sink into the economy what the Fed does. Uh, for people to really get a a swing of what's going on. So in that case, what you're seeing is, is that there are less and less buyers with less and less ability to buy or less and less willingness to buy. Now let's go back to the sellers. The sellers have got their head in the sand or they're scared to death, one of the two. Now, if you're like me, I'm not a seller. You say, well, then why are you not a seller? Because I have no reason to sell. I'm a buyer. I'm an investor. I'm not a wholesaler. I'm not a flipper. I don't do anything like that. I don't try to buy to beat market swings. I buy and hold for the rest of my life. That's my mantra. I want to own more and more and more and more and more. And I never take away from the equity. I always just live off of the income. So I just want more and more and more real estate, right? So I have more and more and more income. I don't want to get rid of it because I lose income. So I'm not going to be threatened by there being a seller's market. In fact, I laugh in the face of it. I love it. And I'm sitting there now negotiating deals. And I went out the other day and negotiated a deal for a a 10% reduction in the price of a deal. A guy had a deal that was selling uh, for one price. He lowered the price uh, about 10%. And then I came in and negotiated another 10% off. So he already had given in that the prices were going down. I got him to go down another 10% because he was living under the fear. And I'm making the point under the fear. Hey, by the time this interest rate hits of this this new three quarters, it might sell for even less than what I'm willing to offer you. So you better move. In fact, to get that to happen, I had done that on another deal with a broke same broker, and I walked the deal. I just walked away, and the deal wasn't that good a deal. But if I got it at the great price I wanted it at, then I could have made it a good deal in my mind, right? But when I walked that one, I sent a message to the broker. This dude will walk if you don't pick up his deal. So I came back and negotiated another 10% off. And so I really got 20% off of where it was at. Now, I went back the other day and tried to get another deal. And this one, the guy had offered the, the compilatory 10% off of where he had it listed before and, you know, raised the price or lowered the price on the listing by about 10%. And I came back and offered him another 20% off. And so literally it became almost a million dollars off of the price that he originally had it listed for. And the guy thought about it and he thought about it and he thought about it. Finally, he comes back and goes, I just can't do it. I just can't. I've got to hope there's somebody out there that will give me closer to my price that I need or I want or whatever. And because I did due diligence, I found that the guy had a mortgage. And so every dollar I didn't pay him ate into his equity that he was going to be able to walk away with because he had this mortgage on this thing. And he was losing and losing and losing his assets value, which really came down to losing his cash coming out of the deal. And he finally said no. But it has signaled to me, it signaled to me that those deals are there and they're coming. And so I'm out there right now looking and buying everything I can get my hands on for a better deal, a better deal than what I could get it for a week before. And I'll just keep buying. I did that back in 2008. I bought a property that was worth $35,000 a door. I bought it for $26,000 a door. 
And uh, the next month or so, I bought the same age property, and I bought it for like 19000 a door. But by buying at 26 when they were getting killed from 35 down to 26, buying at 26, let the broker know I was a buyer in a downward spiraling market. Then when it came up at 19, I bought again. The, buy, the broker again realized I'm a buyer in a downward sparkle, uh, spiraling market. Sorry. And so from that point on, I bought three or four more. I can't remember exactly. I, mean, I think it was four more I bought from there. And the brokers were just bringing them to me. Go, look, you seem to be the only guy buying right now. So uh, here's our, our deal. And then I would just always tack on even more of a discount. Saying, you know, and I had one deal that the property originally had been worth $35,000 a door. It went up for sale for $25,000 a door. Nobody bought it. It went for sale for $20,000. when I finally found it. At nineteen, I offered them fourteen. They said, no way would they sell it for fourteen. They came back to me six months later and said, we'll take fourteen. And I said, I'll give you eight. And they took eight for it. $35,000 door property for $8,000 a door. Now, that's two, that's probably a year, year and a half into this situation. We're just starting that situation right now. And you better be ready. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about what I'm doing to get ready for this market that's upon us right now. And by the way, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or any other show, remember, you can always reach me at askdell at luinc.com. That's askdell at luinc.com. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's going to crash. It's going to be better next year. I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me all the time. You know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? (laughs) I go, and you're not rich yet? Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about investing. When? Now. For years and years and years and years I've been doing this, and for months and months and months upon end, between buying opportunities that are phenomenal, there are good opportunities. Right now we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing 
and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth, which is it's becoming a buyer's market. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it, although in the back of their minds they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you, uh, because some people are like me. They'll just say, I'm just not going to sell. I'll wait. I'll wait it out. But some people who are in the situation where they're forced to because the inflation is eating away at their financial position, they've got to do something to make a change or where they're losing their job uh, because the recession is, is taking it out on them and their industry. Whatever it is, people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals. And you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. If you're not looking you won't get one. If you're not qualified to buy it, you won't get one. Now, what do I mean by qualified? Number one, you have to understand how these deals work. If you go in there and just da-da-da-da-da, you're not going to get the deal. you got to know how to go in there and know what you're talking about. You're going to remember this. Sellers, motivated sellers are found, but deals are made. If I run into a person and you run into a person, and that person may have the position to be motivated. They need to be motivated. It's the situation, circumstances should create motivation for them. And you don't have the wherewithal to convince them of that. You are not going to get the deal. Whereas I will get the deal because I will, number one, be able to convince them where the marketplace is really at by giving them massive amounts of facts about what's going on around them. Number two, I'm willing to pay cash. So you're not going to see my deal get pushed aside. My deal is going to get taken right up front. And if I weren't able or weren't willing to pay all cash, I would definitely be pre-qualified with a large down payment type loan that would be pretty much guaranteed to go through so that I could guarantee the guy, hey, look, I'm not trying to put 20% down. I'm putting 30 and 40% down, so this loan will definitely go through. Uh, the interest rates are not going to be a problem. The, the reason they're not going to be a problem is because the price that you're going to sell it to me at is going to make the deal make sense to the bank. If you can't produce that type of logic and reasoning to the seller, you're not going to get the deal. And many times you're working through a broker, so you really, you're talking to someone that's actually sophisticated to know whether you know what you're talking about or not. So when I say be ready, number one, to get ready, you better join up Lifestyles Unlimited and learn all these things we're talking about. You can just go out there and try and try and try. I was thinking about the other day, I'm learning to play guitar again, and I can take all these little YouTube guitar lessons, and I can learn this little song, and I can learn this little riff, and I can learn, uh, you know, this little blues thing, and... You know, I can learn all these little pieces and parts, but if you asked me to go out and play with a band live, I couldn't do it. I'm not even close to being able to go out and play live with a band, especially if it were a band that was in public and playing for money or something. That's the difference, guys. You're out there piddling and, you know, Internet information and your buddy's information or your dad's information. It's not going to get you the results that we're talking about. You're going to have to be educated in what we're doing. So you need to join. Now, number two, if you already joined Lifestyles, but you just have not done it, 
Hey, I played guitar many years ago. I've even got all the electric guitars. I've got a Gibson SG, expensive guitar. I've got a Fender Stratocaster, expensive guitar. I've got a Marshall Double Stack amp. I've got all the stuff that any real guitar player would love to have. Can't play it, but I got it, right? And so there's a lot of you out there that have got a Lifestyles membership. You don't use it, but you've got it. You need to re-engage. Get back in here. If you owe a renewal, pay a renewal. Remember, your membership at Lifestyles is a lifetime membership. So don't think you have to come back in here and pay a whole new join-up fee. All you have to do is come back in here and pay your renewal, and you buy another year at a low price. But you need to get involved because you're going to need the financing. You're going to need the vendors that we have available to us. You're just going to need the interaction with people. You need to immerse yourself into real estate so that you're hearing what's going on right now. What has changed since I was last here? And what am I going to need to know to go into these transactions and look like I know what I'm talking about, right? Now, the next thing you need to do is you need to get your monies together. And a lot of time you have money, but it's just not where you can get to it. And so incredible deals come up before you and you're not prepared for them. So you've got to get your money right. Myself, the last two days, I've just been frantic. That's why I'm telling you all this stuff, because I'm thinking I better get people prepared because I've just thought about it. I better get prepared. Things are starting to really happen here fast. And so what am I doing? I'm moving money around. I have dozens and dozens and dozens of bank accounts. I know that's impossible for the average person to believe that somebody could have 30 or 40 different bank accounts. I do. Believe me. And that money is spread out all over the place. And, you know, I think I have 27 different savings accounts just because you can only put up to a million dollars in each savings account and have it covered by the FDIC as insured. And by the way, if you don't know how to get a million dollars insured and you think it's only 250, you need to join Lifestyles and find out because we can get it insured for up to a million bucks. So the, the bottom line is, is, so you need to have all these different accounts. Well, I have all these accounts, but when you get ready to take action, you need that money in accounts that you can get it out because some of these accounts, it takes you 30 days to get the money out of. Some of them, it only takes one day to get the money out of. You need to get the money out of the 30-day accounts into the one-day accounts. You need to be able to get that stuff to where you can move it when you need to move it and close when you need to close. You need to be able to put down earnest money instantly sometimes. You need to be able to come up with big cash within 30 days and most times. You've got to be prepared or you will miss out on these deals, I guarantee you. And remember, if you're not there and prepared... They're not coming to you. They're not knocking on your door and going, hey, let me make you a million dollars. That's not happening. There are people going to be out there knocking on the doors. And it doesn't matter if you're the smartest guy in the room or the dumbest guy in the room. If you're knocking on the door the day that guy wants to sell, that's all there is to it. I laugh about it. I say, look, let's, let's think about it this way. How do incredibly gorgeous women end up with ugly guys? Think about that. I used to always tell this in, 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 in training, sales training courses. How do incredibly beautiful women, educated, intelligent, let's put all the things in there that make them feel more than just, you know, objects. How do these incredible women end up with some stupid, dumb, broke, unemployed dude? I'll tell you how. He was knocking on the door that day that that lady wanted the door knocked on. And when she opened the door... There he was with the da-da-da-da-da. He had a spiel. The spiel came out. 
She bought the spiel and bought the product, him. And that's the way it works. You have to be at the right place at the right time with the right spiel and ready to take action. If you're not, then you're not going to get the prize. And that's the difference between why I end up with a lot of really incredible deals, why our Lifestyles members end up with a lot of really incredible deals. It's because it's, we're, we're doing the exact same thing we're teaching you to do, but it's not the same because you're not doing it with the skill set you need to do it with. So I think about it again like the guitar. You can show me the song. You can show me how to play the chords. You can show me how to play the notes. You can show me how to play the lead. You can show me how to play the bass run. But the bottom line is, it doesn't sound like music when it comes out of my guitar. Not yet, because I haven't learned how to make music yet. I'm learning, and you need to be in here learning. At some point, I can play the song, and at some point, I can play the song better. I can play the song for my wife, and she doesn't know how good good is and bad bad. And she goes, hey, that's pretty cool. You can actually play that song. And I'm thinking, boy, you don't know anything because that's terrible. But she doesn't know. Hey, you run into a seller that doesn't know, and you do know, and you've got the song, and you know how to ask for the sale, you're going to make a transaction that could change the rest of your life. Today we've been talking about it's time to buy And so you better get prepared, you better get educated, you better get your money right, and you better be sitting out there on the sidelines looking and searching and prepared. Now, one of the things we need to know is where are people investing? And, you know, we had another article come in here today, and it was from Marcus Milchap, and they're talking about the fact that you're seeing a tremendous amount of money moving out of the blue states and into the red states. Um. It's interesting because there's also another article that's talking about where low-income housing is, or, you know, affordable housing is not at. And the affordable housing is not at the blue states. The blue cities, the blue states do not have affordable housing. they got too many people that need to be on affordable housing, and the housing there is too expensive. And so there's this massive distance between what is needed and what is actually there. So it's going to have to blow up in the government is going to continue to create uh, rent controls and so on and so forth, different kind of things that make it so housing is available for the lower end people, which is going to mean that the people are paying massive amounts of money to buy this expensive stuff in California and New York are not going to be able to make their money back on the deals except other from inflation and appreciation and so forth. But the money is moving Towards Now, where's it going? The primary move of the money, according to Marcus Milchap, is first, Texas is number one. Three times more money is moving to Texas than is moving to anywhere else in the country. And then the rest, the mass of the money, is uh, moving to the eastern Gulf and eastern seaboard states. So you can just kind of think, if you could, if you could cut a line and... and cut out a segment of the United States that goes from Texas up to Oklahoma and then a straight line straight across to the East Coast and that all that area there, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Carolinas, Florida, that's where the money's going, folks. 
It's going away from the East Coast. People don't want to be in the East Coast. They don't like the politics. They don't like the taxes. Uh, they like, you know, the land. I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's a beautiful place to live. But the, the people and the, the politics and the taxes are just just driving people crazy, and they just can't stand it. And the thing you got to understand about the population is that there's 40% of the people that believe what Republicans believe, 40% of the people that believe what Democrats believe, but 20% of the people don't really care for either side, right? But they're voting with their feet and their money. They're moving away from California and New York and into Texas and Florida and the other Gulf and eastern seaboard states. Hence, that's where the money's moving. People are taking their money with them. And you're going to see states like California. Can you imagine the governor of California is out there begging people to come back? Please come back. Don't go to Florida. I mean, that's like, can you imagine a grown man, a governor of a state, begging people to come back to a state after knowing that he's done absolutely everything there is to do to run them away? And yet, we see it happening. And so why do I bring that up? I bring that up because I want you to understand where the money's going. It's an obvious point that that isn't going to change. They're not going to get rid of those governors. They're not going to get rid of those politics in those areas. And they're not going to get rid of the taxes in those areas. So those people are coming. And where do you want your money? You want their money, your money where the people are going. You don't want your money where the people are leaving. That's just logical, right? So you got to get your money into those places that make sense. Now, one other thing I heard today that, um, let's see, Biden was announcing that they passed this chip thing where they're going to build these four or five different multi-billion dollar chip factories. Hey, you know, they say even a broken clock does hits the right time twice a day. Hey, this is a good deal. I don't care if you're a Republican and you say that's a bad deal. The fact that we, we don't build chips, we only build 10% of the chips in this world, and we're going to go build four or five of these major billion-dollar factories to build chips in. Number one, the factories and the jobs alone are a good reason to do it, but the fact that we can get back into the chip race again and not be under the thumb of the chip people, which you know are the Chinese, Taiwan, North and South Korea. So this is a good deal. But for you, think about this. It's going to take two or three or four years for these factories to be built. Wow. Get out there now. Find out where these factories are going. Buy some land and buy it to hold. Don't buy it to flip. Don't be a speculator. Buy it to hold. Buy some rental properties. Because these people, when they go in there to get these jobs, you're going to need places to live. So you get in there now. You buy it at a good price during this recessionary period. During this inflationary period, you buy it now while things are tight. People are letting stuff go. And boom, you waited out a year or two with positive rental cash flow. You made some good investments, who, which will eventually become great investments, uh, simply because of where you put them. So this is what you have to look at right now. It's all over the place. Now, I just want to share with you, because of this, I, I've been growing. And five years ago, three to five years ago, I think maybe three, I can't remember exactly, I came up with this concept of live where you want and invest where you should. Uh, and I started a national program all over the United States, and I said, you know what, I'm going to make this thing available to everybody, and I want to make it where if you live in a beautiful place, you can still invest somewhere else where it's logical to invest and still stay where you like to live, right? So I've opened real estate companies now. I have three of them in Texas. 
Arizona, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Kansas, Missouri. People, these are real estate companies I own myself. So lifestyles people can use them to buy these deals. We've got in the works right now Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, and Oklahoma. Now, think about that. Think about all of those different locations you're going to be able to invest in deals. And we've got agents and brokers on the spot and mentors and consultants available to you and financing there and ready to be had. This is your opportunity. You need to get in now. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.